0: Welcome to Afternoon Delight, Real People, and Real Stories, a local podcast for local artists. And so Jordy can wait, she knows it's too late, as I'm walking on by. My soul slides away, but don't look back in anger. Oh, say <laughs> Oh, honestly, I think every introduction I'm just going to camp up each week to like cheer people up. It's been such um such a weird ass week for me. I don't know if anyone else is feeling that sort of. Thank fuck it's actually Friday vibes and the ability to sort of get pissed this weekend. Pisces season is in full swing and although I love Pisces season so much, I think it's like my Saturn is in Pisces, which basically means in my zodiac chart that I and Pisces season have to deal with a lot of fear and emotions and fuck me, obviously I've been doing my On 5 Cultural Trust project this week and it drops next week. And I never get anxious about work because I just love what I do now. But I've sat all week like, oh, the the video has to be perfect. No one's going to like it. They're all going to think it's terrible. I can't sing. Honest to God, like, where is this coming from? And then I'll be honest, like, I deleted a lot of my social media this week on my phones. My phones. A phone. But on my phone, I deleted all my apps um, because I just need a huge break. Because the thing is, like, unfortunately, like, you know, June the 21st was such, in my opinion, such a fucking letdown to suggest that, you know, we would all be back to normal by June 21st. It's absolutely atrocious to even suggest that because Christmas didn't happen and we were told at last minute it wasn't going to happen and everyone's been depressed since. So God knows why. I'm sorry. Like, I just think to myself... God knows why anyone would trust the same government that would do this. Just, yeah, it's been a difficult week. And when I put a thing on Facebook and Twitter, I got a lot of negative uh, feedback from it. So I thought, do you know what? If I don't have anything nice to say, maybe it's just not worthwhile posting anything apart from work stuff. And equally, you know, if these people aren't happy, they can always take me off uh, social media. But if it's not going to help other people, sometimes you just don't need to do it. So... I'm taking a wee break from that. However, I'm still going to be continuing Afternoon Delight for the next two weeks. And then I'm taking my two week break before season three. And God, this triple bill this weekend is such a stellar lineup. So let's get to guests. I would say one, but actually, we've got a duo. The next two guests. We've got a double duo here. It's such an exciting um, episode to share with all of you for so many different reasons. Um, I came across both these artists throughout Edinburgh in the sort of Dive underground scene. Dive was such an amazing queer cabaret night that they both touch on so much during the episode, which kind of really got me into sort of my queer identity. I remember obviously, you know, going to CCs in the street and and sort of realising I was, like, you know, a part of the queer community throughout different years of my life. But I think that moment that I went to see them at Woodland Creatures and then other venues was when I really realised, actually, there are people like me who are artists, different, and celebrate that. And that was just one of the moments that I went, okay, I finally found my, like, you know, not my calling, but I found my people that really get me. And, um, yeah, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. um, In case you didn't gather from me singing... um, you know, my Geordie Ken's at tribute. Um, it's the amazing Drag Kings, Agent Cooper and King Beth from Oasis. Yeah. Hello everyone, welcome back to Happy yeah. Delight, the range, Delight. Oh, I have got drag house. I am <laughs> and one of these um, performers actually has known me since I was about 18, I reckon, back in the dive days. And the other performer did this outrageous tattoo performance that I was obsessed with. It is honestly such a privilege to have royalty in the drag community. We've got Oasis's own Age Agent Cooper and King Beth. How are you both doing? Hi. Oh, thank you.
1: Thank you for that beautiful introduction and welcome. It's a real pleasure to be
2: on Drag Royalties podcast, in <laughs> fact. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the listeners don't know like how stunning you look right now. So yeah, we're we're feeling really underdressed. Been delighted to be here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that was clever.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. This is the thing. This is the second episode I've done in drag. I had cunt Kevin on literally last, and he was like, I was in drag because I was doing my friend Mandy's the Mandy Show on YouTube. So it was quite funny because I looked a bit like Rebecca Moore, the Cock Destroyer, which. Was very apt for his guest spot because he was doing slag wars. And now I'm in this because I'm literally after this jumping on a call with KHS High School to teach them drag, the beginner drag, thankfully.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, you look amazing. There's a sort of like it looks like you've maybe killed a leopard or something and slung it round your
0: round your neck. Um, yeah, very beautiful, very beautiful. <laughs> so could you both introduce <laughs> yourselves to my listeners? That'd be amazing.
2: Sure. Uh, I'm Kirsty Biff or King Biff. Um, I'm one half of the uh, Queer Oasis Tribute Act Oasis. Um, I'm a drag artist. I work in sort of different community contexts, working with different artists, learn disabled artists, working, um, yeah, making drag, making performance. and um, work with this one here quite a lot. Yeah yeah Um, I'm sure we'll talk about
1: it later but Kirsty has been quite kind of instrumental for me in my my drag exploration. So yeah I'm Agent Cooper, I'm the other half of the world's only queer Oasis tribute act. We think. We think, we're not quite sure but surely no one else is stupid enough to do it. Um, Agent Cooper um, was born out of um, my association with Dive, as you say, Dive Queer Party, which was a really special queer cabaret that existed for uh, about five years from 2013 onwards. Um, And it was amazing. Yeah, it was kind of like the start of my drag journey. And Agent Keeper sort of rose uh, from the sidelines onto the stage at Dive. And I met loads of amazing people, including your lovely self, Jordi, just when you were starting your exploration of drag as well. I mean, it was very questionable back then. <laughs> Wasn't it all for all of us, so don't you worry. Thank goodness none of it was recorded, frankly. <laughs> or was it? Was
2: it? I mean, it might have been. It might have been, yeah. That's where um, Annabelle and I met at Dive as well. Um, like, the first time I went to Dive, I think, like, I always talk about how it just changed the way that I think about myself and my gender and, like, it helped me understand a lot of things about myself, and meeting and Annabelle and the community of people—the amazing people—that um, just such a rag, a ragtag bunch of amazing, fascinating, beautiful, talented uh, folk. Um, yeah, it's a
1: special moment. It was, um, wasn't it? And it was—I yeah. think it was—it um, was—it was the right thing at the right time for a lot of people. It just kind of like bubbled up, and we were all. Um, myself and Miss Annabelle Sings were the the ones who kind of held it and organized it but it was so much more than the two of us it was it was the whole community coming together and everyone was just crying out for a place to put all of this creativity and exploration of their identity and all of this talent Um, so it was wonderful yeah just to kind of be surrounded by peers and be inspired by your peers and try out new stuff without absolutely with with no kind
0: of no
1: judgment um so yeah it was a pleasure to meet you
0: there. That's absolutely gorgeous the way you both describe that because for me that was what the essence of Dive was when I used to come was a family sort of safe space because I've often found that you know I love DJing in the queer community in the street and CCs and I love going to nights out there and shows but there was something magic about Dive that I just couldn't Find in the gay scene, do you know what I mean? There was something special that made it its own place that regardless of sexuality and gender, everyone was welcome and safe. And I just loved that. I really, I used to love coming to that all the time. Um, And I do remember the last one I went to where you had done the tattoo tribute. With your um, friend, which was I just thought was amazing. I love stuff like that. And then also Annabelle sounds had sung like Summer of the Rainbow and I burst into tears. It was, it was all over the place in such a good way. And it's kind of, it was all over the place, a bit like me every day. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah, it did, it did have that sort of chaotic um nature to it, didn't it? Where but um but as you say, within that chaos there was a safety and warmth, and you knew that you were being kind of held by this space, by this bosom. bosom. Um, yeah and Miss Annabelle Sings was you know she, she'd come up from London she'd kind of brought with her all of this amazing experience and body of work and knowledge about queer cabaret and and to kind of have that sort of uh, shared with us and with Scotland and then it kind of like evolved into something even, even more from there it was a huge learning experience for me and um, yeah and to be able to kind of do that in a, in, a, in a relatively safe space. You know, the stakes were low. The tickets were pretty cheap. People could leave if they wanted to.
0: Generally, they didn't.
1: Um no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miss it. Uh, do you know what? Talking about it, I miss being out and about now. It's really hitting me that we're nearly a year of this and I'm like, when are things opening? When can we return to everything?
2: <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? That's it's a, and almost it's coming up to a year. I was thinking actually about you, Georgie, because... Uh, uh, this morning I think the first time I saw you perform was in CC's at an event that you had organized yeah. and I feel like like uh, half the crowd was like your it was like your friends family and fans and um, it's a fundraiser mm-hmm. that was like the first time I saw you I don't think I spoke to you I probably was too shy but I was like I just loved it it's brilliant
0: oh. <laughs> Ben the
2: butterfly trust I
0: did too I don't know which one it would have been, but yeah, that would have been the Butterfly Trust fundraiser. And that was actually, again, that sort of, I'd brought different people all from different places into one room and that was magic. It was a lovely event, actually. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you for reminding me of that. Brilliant. (laughs) So let's kind of touch basis with this then. So a lot of my listeners, if they're coming for supporting you will know sort of your art and your craft. But for me, there's one thing I would love to know is, did you kind of, before you fell into the world of drag and your story with doing drag, and what, where would you kind of studied or worked or lived before you kind of decided, actually, I want to pursue being a drag king or a drag artist and, and doing this?
2: Yeah. Um, Do you want to start? Well, I, I know it sort of, it's, it surprises me. I always think, like, um, if you the person that I was six, seven years ago, if you told them that I was, like, going to be a drag artist, uh and doing, doing the things that I've done, and being part of these sort of cabaret communities, and um, I probably wouldn't have believed it necessarily. Um, but I did. Um, I studied um, community arts, and then uh, physical theatre, and kind of fell in love with clown in, during, when I was studying physical theatre. Um, uh, your uh, Dean Gummer. I was listening to your interview with Dean Gummer, and Dean did the same the same course. Um, uh yeah and that was at the arches in glasgow and it was just like the best year we were in a basement we we're in the dark there's no windows um and um and it just uh we had this brilliant clown teacher called alcide um and um and the course leader uh simon um yeah i just kind of find my feet um there um and kind of, yeah, and I kind of worked in sort of different, different contexts, often as like an artist assistant or as a performer and um, working, um, you know, with uh, this, com- with Janice Parker projects, kind of fell into work there. It's kind of through um, support work, uh, I sort of stumbled into um disability led practice and being part of these amazing ensembles of people and and kind of falling in love and learning a lot there and um, yeah and then it was I was quite shy I think I never really found my like uh, performance kind of alter egos until I sort of started stumbling into places like Dive and then I was just like yeah hooked didn't quite know <laughs> how to go about it but kind of knew that clown might be the way for me um, uh, and yeah I think that that was a very kind of rambly explanation no was it, it? Wasn't
0: <laughs> for, oh, it wasn't rambly at all and for me you know I obviously did the um, undergrad at QMU in the drama degree like years, mm-hmm. years ago and that kind of sort of started to push me into um you know, drag and sort of wanting to perform. I had done in my third year, my final project, and that was kind of going to be my make or break moment of, am I going to stay and get my honours, or am I just going to leave and be like, nah, fuck this, I don't want to do this anymore, was I directed, I didn't even perform, I directed um, a show where I turned, I love that I say I turned in such a camp way, I turned um, M6 performers who had never done drag on the course in their life, And it was through doing drag and CCs and stuff that I thought, I'm going to integrate this into my course, turn six of them into drag kings and queens. And we did Midsummer Night's Dream, but Club Kid Culture in the 90s. And it's like a warehouse type setup, And uh, I loved it. And I thought, this is really what I want to do. I want to integrate theatre and drag like Dive do and all these other places do. And the lecturers didn't like it. And I remember being like, oh, okay, right. I see, I see. And uh, they didn't like it. And (laughs) we did this sort of... um, the, at the end of the meeting, we had sort of a well, what could we have improved on and done? And with the criticisms and the feedback, I was like, well, what could I have done differently? They're like, we just didn't really get it. And I was like, what do you mean you don't get it? And they're like, well, these club kids, you know, it just doesn't make much sense to us. And I was like, I literally gave you like a list of all the people that we kind of took Midsummer characters with and spliced with, like Michael alec and all these yeah. others. Like, yeah, it just didn't really kind of it, it didn't come across. And I thought, you know what, like. I know my craft now, I know what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it. And I got my bachelor's and just said, right, I just want to keep this sass for another degree in the future and left. But I know what you mean, that sort of physical theatre and theatre kind of got me sort of into looking at persona and identity. Um, So I can totally actually relate to you with what you're saying. I think that's brilliant. And clown especially, I could never really get in a clown, right? Funnily enough, which is ironic as a drag queen, but (laughs) I could never get in a clown because... I would go on stage, right, and the physical theatre teacher like, right, these objects, pretend they're all these things, but of course I'd be given something phallic and I'd think, I can't do this, right, I'd be mortified, but I wasn't in drag, so I in my head would be like, I've got to be like a clown, oh, but I'm not in drag, oh, I can't do this, and I'd get so flustered, and she'd be like, you're not doing it properly, and I'd be like, well, if I was in drag, I could do it, so that was why I then went, well, actually use those skills she's teaching you, but put them into your drag routines, which Enter a drag queen getting a vibrator out for a performance.
1: <laughs> that is clown. So there you go. You know, <laughs> I think maybe my my introduction to clown was very different because it was kind of through through doing drag with Kirsty. Kirsty had already made that link, and um, yeah, and I know certainly like Miss Annabel sings had clown and worked with clown as well. But I think with Kirsty, it was I was sort of made that connection. It's like oh, actually, just through doing the drag uh you know there's so many elements of that that is clown and the two are such it makes such sense as bedfellows you know it's like there's this thing in clown of kind of like sharing or portraying the thing about you that makes you different or strange or weird or unique and and you know you can you can see the parallels there with with drag and um yeah so I mean my my entry into it is quite different because um I hadn't had a performance background, and I didn't. I didn't think that I wanted to perform. Actually, it wasn't something that I'd uh, I'd aspired to do. And I actually came to to the theatre industry or the performance industry through journalism. I'd come up to um, Edinburgh to do a journalism degree and started doing radio actually. Wow. started doing radio, so there's no excuse for this gibbering mesh that I am <laughs> right now. But started doing radio and um, did a, a show on uh, Leith FM, uh, which I think still might exist, but um, someone else might have the, um, have the broadcast rights now to Leith FM. But right, Leith FM back in the day, and we used to do a, a, a late night art show. Um, and during the Fringe, we would broadcast every single day. So it would be this mad month of like just being on on air every night speaking to hundreds of different people and I was totally like oh my god I love this world I totally love this world and then I was getting to meet so many people and then I started to meet and be much more drawn to queer performance and I met Miss Bell Sings and Scotty at the Fringe and I was like something about this really really makes sense I love this I love what they're doing Um, and I started to kind of Explore that a little bit more, and then uh, I was sort of given an opportunity to start a, a, a club night. Basically, a friend of mine was running nights at um, Henry's Salibar. God bless Henry's Salibar. You might know it on on Morrison Street. Um, and they had a spare Sunday once a month, and they were like, "Could you could you do something? Could you put something on? Could it be gay? Because you know you're a bit gay. Do you want to <laughs> do something gay, queer?" And I was like, well, wait a minute, okay. <laughs> um, I, I was like, oh, it sounds like a lot of work, but okay, we'll give it a go. We'll do one, see how it goes. And um, so I sort of like assembled uh, Miss Annabelle Sings and a few performers, we all kind of did it. And it was, you know, it was it was a success. And so we put another one in the diary and then it kind of just rolled and evolved from there. Uh, and I was, so I was very much behind the scenes, but then I started to, like, think, oh, I might might look quite handsome in that moustache, so put, put that moustache on. <laughs> oh, that jacket's nice, or someone would leave something over that I'd pick up at the end of the night, and i think, oh, right, I'll put that on next time. And so gradually the sort of drag starts to get, get, you know, assembled on the body, and you're like, oh, cool, I, I, look, I look pretty good here. And then... And then it's like one of your one of your um, one of your queer siblings goes, "Oh, I need someone to like fan me down during an act or something." You're like, "Okay, I-, I can do that. I can do that bit." So you do that bit, and then and then gradually you think about, "Well, what could I create, or what could we create together?" Um, so it was a very sort of like natural evolution, and and I have. You know my siblings and Kirsty in particular to to thank for helping me to have the confidence to sort of step step on the stage and think that I had something worthwhile to say as well. You know, it's all, it's all about sort of gaining the confidence of of thinking you have something to add to to what's already out there. Um, so I'm very very thankful
2: for that. Uh, well, i was just thinking <laughs> okay. it's quite funny because I think Annabelle's one of the first drag kings I saw in the flesh. Oh. Um, and I, when I was sort of researching Dragon, trying to like find my way in and going to these nights, I was like, I kept seeing Annabelle and being like, oh my god, because like I was like, you know, a bit of a stud, and also, <laughs> and also like, and so then, and um, like probably the one of the people that I really wanted to talk to that I would um, do a really bad job of speaking to because I was a bit like nervous about it. I thought they hated me. <laughs> yeah, I, they were like...
0: I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> no. Often meet other dragoners, right? And you think that they hate you when in fact they're really fucking scared of you because they actually really like you. Is that not always the case? The <laughs> drag queens, specifically in Glasgow, right, that I've interviewed for Apple after- and they're like, oh, didn't really know what to say to you because, and I'm like, I thought you hated me. <laughs> 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 oh, they've got this Gemini Riser, they're just a cow and dragon. I'm like, no, I'm nice, I'm a nice person, I've just got a bitch face. Like, <laughs> that- totally. So I was like that. I know I got you. It's so high school, isn't it? But I love that, is what it is. Like,
1: yeah. Also, and also, you're often like, you're either backstage, like trying to get yourself ready for what you're about to do so that, you know, you're in the zone or you've just come off and you're like, God knows what's happening to your brain. You're just, you're, yeah. Full you're full of <laughs> adrenaline. So you're not really like in a place to be aware of how, you know, how you're being to folk. But yeah, we, 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 Eventually, spoke to each other like normal human beings, and <laughs> <laughs> I took it from there. Yeah,
2: normal might be a bit of
1: a stretch, but
0: certainly, yeah. <laughs> like <Normal> inverted <laughs> colours, Yeah, I honestly think you both in drag look stunning. I'm just like, oh my god! <laughs> like every time, I'm like, oh, like it's the way to see photos as well. Absolutely gorgeous pictures, which we'll get on to now. So what kind of really, oasis say? this is is fascinating for me, because I'm not a massive Oasis fan, I'll be honest. Um, Shots (laughs) the (laughs) appalled. Yeah, funny story now, though. See, wait for us. Yeah, I always keep them guessing. So I'm not a huge fan of Oasis, right? But I once, this would have been, I went to see Gossip in Glasgow, right? At the SWG3. Fucking incredible night. The electricity in there. The F to O Icon. So I come back and I had been, we had been there all day in Glasgow. And I mean, you can imagine the state of me and half drag coming home on the train, falling asleep. But then I thought, let's go the street. I fell asleep in the train, but let's go, let's go. So we went and then we went to this after party and the girl was like, I've got this guitar. And I went, have you got a guitar? I can sing, do ken Wonderwall. <laughs> now, she was like, do you like Oasis? I went, no, but I can sing a Wonderwall. So she started playing it. And I started singing it. No, no, wait for it. And then I started singing, and they're all laughing. I'm like, "Why are you laughing? This song is so serious and really touches my heart." They went, "Cause you don't know any of the fucking words."
1: <laughs> I think there is a collaboration <laughs> waiting to happen here. I think, yeah, we need to have we need to take a side uh, a sidestep and have a conversation about this another time. Maybe
0: maybe I could be like Kate Moss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Back. One of the Appleton sisters. One of the Appletons. One of the ex-wives. One of the one of the wags. Patsy Kensit. Patsy Kensit. Yeah, that would be perfect. Because
0: Jordy Kensit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So, <laughs> what actually made you decide? You know what? The pair of us are going to start a queer tribute to Oasis.
2: It's funny, yeah. We because we were we'd been collaborating, doing some drag stuff for fun together. And then did that tribute to
1: Diane Tor, yeah. didn't we? That's the first thing that we made—a tribute yeah. to the late great, great yes. icon Diane Tor. One um, yes. more about that. So it was it was part of a homage um, show for Dive. So it was um, homage was all about honouring and homaging like queer icons. So it was an opportunity really to to make a performance that homage Diane Tor, who was an amazing drag king and gender fucker um, who'd uh, lived and worked in Glasgow, Berlin, London, New York, um, but had originally been from Aberdeen and, and settled in, in Glasgow um, and was a, um, yeah, a friend and a huge inspiration and a real kind of pathfinder in Drag King. And right right here in Scotland, it was amazing, it was just amazing to, to think that we yeah, that we kind of had this icon in our, in our midst um, and she was so generous with her time and um, you would go away from conversations with her with like lists, lists and lists of lists of things to look up and to explore and she would just share all of this knowledge and yeah, she was great. Um, so we wanted to homage Diane and unfortunately she passed away a couple of years ago. Um, we made this performance um, for her for, um, for, I think it was, was it originally for CC's? No, yeah, you did it for the rabbit hole when the things the like started there. Yeah. Uh, did it for the rabbit hole and then eventually, yeah, yeah. developed it for for a dive, yeah. that's right. And it was, um, Kirsty got me in my pants, lip-syncing, like... uh, <laughs> gyrating, all these things I'd never done before, but took to like a duck to water, to be fair. um, So it was it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd been we'd been working on 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 that together and then it was um like all great ideas really it was born out of a horrific hangover uh, on the first of January
2: mm-hmm. um yeah 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 we were like um talking about because we both um had had different sort of I when I was seven I was a huge oasis fan like I loved them I had I had their, <laughs> had their tapes I had uh, their uh, their album. Um and I, the school talent there was a school talent show in the village that I was living in the borders, and um, we had to like sign up and it was going to be in like the the school hall, you know. And I wanted to sing this song from uh, like Oasis back the Oasis Back catalog called Married with Children by myself, and it was side most- definitely <laughs> it's, its one of the most miserable songs you've ever heard in your life. Um, I, d- I didn't quite realise that. It was basically about a divorce. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to sing it. And my teacher was like, mm, what about if you get together with Fiona and do ABBA? <laughs> <laughs> and we had a really good time doing ABBA, to be fair. It was probably a good idea because I just wanted to stand there and sing this song a cappella, deadpan. Um but I never got my oasis moment, and then I kind of went off them because they're really quite toxic, mm-hmm. you know um blokes I mean, like no hard feelings to oasis fans like I have a love hate relationship with them. Some of the things they say and do are not good, and that was kind of like how do you how do you like reckon with that when you when you kind of love something, but actually some of the stuff that they represent and some of this some of the misogynistic things that they've said or done don't really align with the way yeah yeah and then Annabelle actually is a bigger fan of Oasis than me because you were much older I'm so (laughs) much older
1: yeah so actually while Kirsty was innocently um coming along to married with children I was like in the midst of tea in the park like moshing up and down to their gigs i think i went to seven of their gigs in my in my teens and early 20s in my misspent years before i uh, yeah before i realized really what moved me <laughs> what i liked um but yeah that so i sort of like was caught up in that rock and roll era <laughs> of them um, i had my oasis t-shirt when i was at school i was very much on the oasis side of the oasis Blur uh, <laughs> divides, um, so we so we, I guess I had this real kind of working knowledge of who they were and how they talked and their music and the way that they moved and the things that they say and how they say it and and they're so easy to parody. Like everyone, everyone knows knows them or knows something about them in in the UK and in other places mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and they have a very sort of iconic look um, that's easy to accentuate and easy to send up and take the piss out of. Um, so it was it, it actually flowed really naturally when the idea came. It was like, okay, so maybe if this is something that we're interested in, how can we how can we make
2: this happen? Um, yeah, and what is it for? Like to gender non-conforming. Uh, Female-bodied uh, people to um, to embody these like this kind of lad culture um, and be and be like outrageous and and like push kind of and see what and just see what happens and like we we started it's quite strange because we 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 got we applied to Surge in Scotland a physical uh, theatre and circus mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, company that supports work to happen in Scotland and it was for a street theatre anniversary so we were doing a way sissy for the street and we <laughs> and like at family festivals and things and so funny so
1: like <laughs> jumping on top of picnic picnic tables in the middle of Glasgow as people are trying to eat their lunch and like fucking calling them cunts and or we, chuff, no, we, we did not. We did not call anyone. No, we didn't. Sorry if you're not allowed to say that word. <laughs> chuffing, chuffing, chuff.
2: We yeah, we weren't allowed to swear because it was um, Fa- it was a family it was, event. It was a it was family was family, event. family weekend. Um, but like we, I mean the the the, the thing that we are like, can we embody like this kind of this cocksure thing, the swagger, and um and play with the kind of all the sort of the music and the things that they say, but be our the us as well like have this kind of queer layer like sometimes we're saying things that they've said but you can see in our eyes or that we don't really necessarily <laughs> agree or believe it um, and mm-hmm. then we started to re- like as time went on and we started to play with it more in cabaret spaces and um, we kind of really started to enjoy and um, really subverting um, yeah like what like we could stand there Look like Oasis, but say um, say the things that are reported to us, and um, yeah, but with this real kind of authority and take up space and be and just this kind of yeah. It's just so stupid as well. It's so <laughs> it's silly. We've got ourselves into all sorts of pickles and like gorgeous <laughs> situations. We've had little little boys come up to us um, and be like at a family festival and be kind of quite um, taken with because um, Oasis, see are not brothers. <laughs> um but they uh, they're quite into each other so they uh and uh, so we've had like maybe some maybe some queer babies come up and kind of ask some questions about that which is really gorgeous um we've also had like cis dudes at fringe venues not realize maybe that we there's that a joke that they're in a queer cabaret space and like almost got into a fight (laughs) we've been we've been almost in scraps we've had all sorts of like if you come across especially in the street if you come across a guy that is also giving off that kind of toxic masculine energy and you're kind of taking the piss out of that kind of energy funnily enough they don't like it
0: (laughs) there is this weird thing i've always found watching i dated a guy once that was really kind of Um, sort of alpha male masculine with the toxic masculinity Um, and there seemed to be when we were on a night out in CC's I just remember there was this weird thing that another alpha male mask guy was looking at me and I just caught them doing this eye contact that almost felt like a weird animal primal thing of that's my territory and I thought what the fuck is going on I just want to have my cosmopolitan piece do you know what I mean Like, like there's plenty of me to share around do you know what I mean (laughs) <laughs> but I do get mean. oh yeah thank you. and I do' know what you mean though because it's so interesting because when I obviously realized you were doing the Oasis stuff, I was like, I don't know whether or not they're just wanting to do a lovely tribute in drag because drag just takes so many different like um, forms now that I thought maybe this is just a really nice tribute because they both love Oasis. Or maybe this is an absolute piss take with an actual sort of underlying thing. And I couldn't work it. And I thought, well, I'll ask the two people themselves because you know. And I love that you've kind of done all of that.
1: <laughs> totally, yeah, because it's so messy, isn't it? It's not It's not that clear. It's like they are problematic heroes in a way. Like there's, there's, there's something that we love and want to celebrate about them. But equally, we know that we're really, You know, more than aware of all of the problematic things about them, and I guess it's it's been a way of exploring that and understanding that, um, and having a really good time with it. And and it's interesting that you say that because I think people come to it with with that as well. Because you can sort of like we're hoping we can kind of bring in lots of different people because of that nature. Like you could, you can hopefully there'd be an Oasis fan that might turn up uh, to see it and 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 you know and maybe love it maybe hate it, but yeah, it's it's interesting to us to think about all of the different kind of access points that someone
2: might come to it yeah. via. Yeah. When we were um we hosted a cabaret at the fringe before before the world stopped for the year. Um pre-pandemic. <laughs> um and it was a it was a queer cabaret at the at Gilda Balloon's powerhouse. Um, and it was in the bar area and it was a late night thing. And we were like, oh, this room is going to be full of drunk people who are up for something, but also um, don't know who we are. And um, we want this to be a safe space for queers as much as it's possible. And um, we want like our audience to be able to come here and enjoy it and take up space. Like, how are we going to create this and hold this? So it was a real challenge, I think, for us as um, to really think about how we are speaking to the audience and how we're holding that space and how we're bringing people into the story how we're trying to make sure that like um that oasis are the butt of, oasis are the butt of the joke not queer people and mm. um, that if you're here and enjoying our patter that you're yeah that you're like um respect because we had all these incredible performers as well um at that event and there was a lot of kind of. kind yeah, we, we did learn from that, the scuffle with the cis dude of a couple of years before that we have to charm the audience before we get to be really, before we get to go to that sort of take as, as to be as rude as Oasis are, we have to kind of get them on side first. Yeah. And then once we've, because most people are kind of up for it, but you never know. So it's like that, if we're going to be in a space where there's loads of different folk coming in, there's lots of drinking, we've got to really take control kind of set out the ground rules, but also make it quite, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah. reaffirm them, eh? Because it, because it was such a transient space. There was lots of different people coming in and out, like, just reconfirming. And you'll know this as a host, Geordie, like, just keep telling folk why they're, why they're there, what to expect, what's coming up, you know, like, setting those rules in a, in a fun way. And we had the lovely Luke Pearl as well, who embodied the role of the fluff. So they were kind of, like, going around... In the crowd making sure they were happy doing little favors where they were needed you know a little bit of a spritz yeah. here and a dust there <laughs> and that really helped to yeah think about the space making that a safe space and um yeah having somebody out in the crowd to ensure that there's yeah. that kind of message was filtering out
2: yeah
0: you know, I can't imagine anyone would want to like go for Luke Pell. He is just the most like kind, caring soul in the world. You know what I mean? Like, and it's so funny. I have a story and a half for you, right? This isn't going like, to, I'm going to ask a question, spring sun on you, but it'll, you'll be fine answering this, right? I, October 2019, did my auntie's uh, private like club, right? Now, I don't know if you're that familiar with Edinburgh, but you know Lock End? Yeah right well there's the edinburgh fc football club in lock end right now of course we had been booked by manny because she's the chair of the committee and basically that club is like a private members only club so and when the lock-in changed that people couldn't go unless they had the we pin and they've got a membership and they pay for it so she's like he's doing this private drag gig now i'm not gonna lie to you as i was like i really don't know how i feel about doing a drag gig here she's like no no we'll pay you like a load because they had budget and i thought how much will you pay? <laughs> right? <laughs> this, I was like, we can happily do that. <laughs>
1: like,
0: I'd prepped, I'd
1: prepped.
0: Yeah, and I had prepped <laughs> a more and Havana Meltdown, being like, this is going to be an interesting gig, right? And I actually wore this dress, so it's quite funny that I'm talking about it now. That's kind of cosmic in a way, where I was really not well, but I was like, you know what, I'll just go do this fine. So I got there, and it was one of those things that, you know, the movie Pride, when the guy they're in the minors club and the guy gets them all dancing well it was like that but rougher like <laughs> it was it was an experience but I just didn't give a flying fuck and I was like well do you know what you've paid for us to come here and we will respect you but you need to respect us like that's just to me regardless of gender and sexuality that is just respect me I'll respect you like do you know what I mean and we had a guy say something transphobic now, I was doing sort of like a stand up thing, because you know what? It's like a couple of drinks and I think I'm a stand-up comedian. And I'm talking, and the people are loving it, because they've all known me since I was, like, young. And the guy says something transphobic, and I flipped. I actually just turned around and heard him very loudly, and I pulled him up, and he kind of shot himself. But everyone applauded me, because they were like, no, no, we don't want that here. Leave if that's the case. And it was quite difficult because i remember walking over to like eh, put some tunes on while we playlist we'd made while we took a breather and i thought oh fuck have i fucked it are they gonna be raging at me because i thought i never normally would swear and turn on someone like that but i don't like allow transphobia at my shows and um, everyone was like no i'm at i he came up and was like no 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 he's an arsehole we've just told him he has to leave and i went oh right i just do the right thing but it's that horrible thing in the queer community that you feel like anytime you speak out and especially not in a queer venue that you feel like you've done something wrong but you shouldn't feel like that at all.
1: Mm, that's that's amazing yeah. that that you did that, you know, and and that you were supported by by your auntie in the venue and and everyone saw that person being being called out for something unacceptable is really really powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing though, isn't it? When you're like visible as a queer person if you're like often as a performer but in any place like in a workplace um or in a social space you often are the person that has to do the labor and you have to explain things that takes like so much kind of effort and emotional energy and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like you just can't not say something um and I think um sometimes it's really nice to hear that uh, that your auntie and the and the folk there supported you because Sadly, it's not always the case. People are like, well, it's a bit of fun. It was, you know, don't take it too seriously. And um, that expression is what you always
0: hear. Don't take it personal. And I'm like, don't take it personal. This is my job. That's my community. Shut the fuck up. Like, don't take it personal. It's just drag. It's like, like, how were your experiences with doing Oasis-A? Like, you said, obviously, that couple guys sort of got a bit weird. But did you find overall the experiences were all right? Or were you just a bit sort of anticipating?
2: Yeah. We have had so much fun with it, like, um, and the reception's been really warm. I, like, I, I think we, we sort of, re- I think people enjoy it and are completely baffled by it because it's so ridiculous what we're doing. Um, and yeah, so I think we do, like, um, the, yeah, it gives. I think when we do our performance stuff together, we kind of have agreed that it's always got to be for pleasure and for fun. Um, it's not, this is not the part of the job or, or our practice that's the, yeah, it's not, we're not getting rich from it <laughs> that way. So it has to be, it has to be um, something that we really enjoy. So we really are like selective about what we do, how we do it and where we do it. But, um, mm. but yeah, like it's like we get all sorts of people kind of, mums love us. Mums love it yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's a bit yeah and uh, and uh,
1: yeah i mean it's yeah good. i think i think it's interesting because we went to um we worked with a, a performer here has a character a character called buck kapinski they're they're an amazing they're also an amazing director and clown and teacher and uh we told diana we're like we've done it in the street we've done it in the cabaret we've done it here we've done it there and she was like are you mad are you stupid why are you doing this to yourselves this is insane um so I feel like we've actually through the course of developing it and performing it in all of these different spaces we've we've honed our our intuition and we understand like what works where and what doesn't and as you say being selective about kind of where where we might do it yeah but generally it does it, it yeah it's usually taken um yeah, people are warm
2: and uh, yeah. and up for it. Yeah, yeah. We kind of like we feel like we, uh, we were going for we were too straight a tribute act in the beginning, like it was silly, but it was maybe too literal. And Diana actually helped us. We did a little bit of work um with her um just um kind of like to tease out the characters a bit more, and she really helped us find ourselves within the characters, and was like. If if one of you is saying this outrageous, is is saying this this stuff, and um, let 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 the audience know what what you think of it, yeah. that you're uncomfortable with, like the polarity yeah. of these things. Show show the show the sensitive sweet person as well as the. Yeah. Toxic, as well as the yeah, t- <laughs> chuffing lines, yeah. yeah, And there's um and what we do is I suppose like a good uh
1: um, example of that is that we we have looked through as Oasis we've looked through the back catalogue of Oasis's lyrics and we've found the true kind of queer meaning, the queer reading. So we we are channeling
2: those messages out to the world. So yeah, yeah. We're kind of like sort of delusionally convinced uh, Oasis here, really convinced that Oasis are queer icons and that that's what it's all about. That's what Wonderwall was about. So we're kind of really trying to share this message with people and it's just, which is just ridiculous. And, uh, and it um, and it tickles people um, most yeah. of the time. I love it.
0: That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely great. So March 2020, Miss Rona coronavirus 19, hits the UK, how has that, and I know it's such a daft question, but we ask all kind of artists to come on, how has that impacted on both of your drag careers in the last 10 months?
1: Oh, it was such shite timing, actually, um just to say off the bat and not you know thinking about all of the huge implications that's had for people everywhere, all over the world. But the first thing that happened was that we were supposed to be hosting the man up heat the scotland scotland's first man up heat um at summer hall and johnny Wu was coming up from the glory in london um you know in, in the lead up to the final the man up final the biggest striking competition in europe um yeah and it was like march the 12th or something like that and it was like not not happening so that that was that was a, a kind of a a real the first disappointment I guess the first thing that was cancelled and I think we all had that that naive expectation that it was just a short-term thing that we would ride out maybe over a couple of months and then things would be rescheduled and um and then sort of like that slow acceptance that things were just that this was a long-term thing that we were going to have to deal with and um
0: yeah it's just it's changed everything so much um
1: yeah
0: it's yeah. it's such a difficult time like it's i totally value what you're saying as well because there were so many things in the lineup for different guests on afternoon like martin o'brien had a huge show i think he said to me at the tate he was gonna be doing you know mm. there were so many artists that had came to me saying there was bbc social people saying that they were going to do videos but then their whole proposal got changed because they couldn't go out and film And I was just one of those people that, because I was obviously back then in the shielding category, I actually just was like, well, I've got 12 weeks of this. And I just had hope that all of you would be out there able to go back to normality. And then after 12 weeks, I would be back after 12 weeks. But here we are, week whatever, 58 of like 12 weeks. It's just never ended. And and I've been talking to a lot of drag artists who digital performance has basically became the new thing now. And I'm intrigued to hear what you kind of both feel about that as a drag, uh, as drag artists.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, I've been quite resistant to it, although I have done a couple of cabarets, um, which was which was fun. Um, but, like, I think we, um, as collaborators, we were like, well, let's just slow down and take stock because this is, you know, there's a lot of things going on with um, being there for family and just processing what's going on and kind of not feel it um, – not necessarily and not feeling right for us, um, to be doing loads, and then we, um, we ended up making a, a short film together just, um, uh, called what do we call it? Oasis on Fire, a portrait of Oasis a portrait of on a on fire, on fire uh, based on um, a portrait of a lady on fire, the amazing, uh, lesbian, uh, French, French art house, yeah, film. so a really <laughs> You know, good match for Oasis see <laughs> <laughs> We just we're just like, well, 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 yeah, we just decided to make a parody of it basically with the help of um the filmmaker Anja Urbanyska and we um who edited because this was dr- like we weren't actually allowed to see anybody at that point. So we were sending the film footage. Uh, it was locked down, lockdown, locked down, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So we had to film it on our mobile phones down at um Portie Beach, like you know, the sh- the sewer the sewerage end, like the shite end of Portie Beach, Portobello Beach. Uh, we went out there with a mobile and uh, a shot list, yeah. and I uh, got this got this footage. Yeah, and then Anya turned it into something coherent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that felt, yeah, that um, it just felt like quite organic. That didn't it? It was queer. It was for queer theory, a queer and um, the Glasgow. Um, cabaret and they 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 did a couple of digital outings. Mm. Yeah, and that yeah. felt like a, a an idea that was um quite low stakes but fun, a very different form and um being able to do something quite DIY and creative within the confines mm. that, that we were under, which which is so queer and so cabaret, isn't it? It's like you just respond to what you can do and what's possible. Um
2: yeah like, like I mean this Uh, podcast for example it's amazing but like yeah you can't cabarets won't be happening in the same way for a while but finding these ways to make connections and 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 still be yeah but yeah like we Oasis say like specifically we really did I mean I think both of us were just like not in like I mean, I'm a little introvert actually. <laughs> um, like strangely, um, and uh, and yep. there was just so much happening. It was just that like, actually, we yeah. just need to be quiet
0: for a yeah. bit and
2: just take stock and kind of be there for our communities in different ways, you know, um, and do and survive, you know. So um, yeah, you were helping out with
1: mate, weren't you? A lot over the over the summer
2: as yeah. well. Um, yeah. They yeah, they're amazing. mutually mutual aid trans Edinburgh and um, wow. um, they yeah. Well I helped a little bit, I wouldn't say a lot, but yeah. And and you know, with like food, you know, with um uh, empty kitchens full hearts as mm-hmm. well, who are based in Leith. Um, and then um also was just really concerned because many of the collaborators and artists I work with um, have learning disabilities and um, and so much of their life, yeah, was completely was shut down for the year in a way that um it was really concerning and sort of access to services and um, and performance platforms just like dramatically reduced. So kind of working and um, ended up working with uh, Lung hat Theatre company and doing kind of creative well-being sessions with them. Um, but I haven't done a lot of drag, and it's only now um, that we're starting to like get the glad rags back on, um, <laughs> yeah. which is really exciting. And yeah, we're so we're, make, we're making a film as part of this um, festival. Yeah, um,
1: queer queer performance festival. That's um, again queer theory are, are, are presenting uh, called Transcendence. Um, it's going to be broadcast at the end of March. Um well it's incredible for Queer Theory. I'm so so pleased and chuffed for them. So they got some funding to, to do a whole week of, of filming. So we it's an amazing opportunity. We've been offered uh you know a whole afternoon to go and film and act in Bonjour. Um so we've sort of like worked back from those parameters and thought about how to transfer that light that live thing. That we have how do you how do you do that when there's no audience and the audience aren't sitting in front of you you can't shout and spit and sit on them in the, in the way that you <laughs> normally would um how do you what can you do and we're we're not sure whether it's going to work but we've tried to think of think back from that and think about ways of connecting through this different medium um and obviously because it's part of a cabaret and a festival it'll be it'll be held in that kind of in that beautiful way mm-hmm. that queer cabarets are by the host and by the other amazing acts that are going to be on over the course of the of the
2: cabaret. Yeah. Yeah. How are you finding it? Like, have you, obviously you're saying that you've been missing um, these spaces and performance spaces, but I've seen you've been doing such incredible work this whole year. So yeah. On social media.
0: It's been, it's been a weird one for me. I wouldn't lie. It's been up and down, you know, in the first three months I was like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> because I was like three months as opposed to people thought it maybe be two, three weeks. Um, I was quite fortunate that I made a really bold cho- uh, choice during Pisces season last year, which clearly paid off, that I was like, I'll do these videos on YouTube that'll cure my boredom, but I'm not a vlogger in any way. I can't do YouTube, right? And the BBC Social saw them, and then offered me work because they were like, oh, you're quite funny and drag and witty and you can do sort of serious videos, but with a bit of drag humor. And I went, oh, amazing. Aye. So I did my first social video with them, but it took months. Like these things are just taking months because they were going to film me in the Greenwood doing it and, and being like, hi, I'm in a queer space. This is the importance of queer spaces. But then the second wave hit. So I couldn't then go and film in the Greenwood. It, it just never ended and changed. And then. Over summer, I was lucky that I started working with the National Theater Scotland, developing educational work, but none of it got released because things get kept getting changed with rehearsals. So I'm still working with them now behind the scenes, but I just haven't, nothing's out yet. Um, and then my friend had sadly passed away in September and I just went into shutdown mode, didn't I? I just went, oh, I don't want to do anything now. I need to grieve. And it's it's funny because I've been been researching psychology because i've been debating in five ten years t- training as a therapist and, and giving up the arts completely um one day and i thought like trauma and grief you know th- the fact is when this happened in march last year a lot of people were going through grief because they were mourning their jobs that they were losing or they weren't going back to for ages so i actually totally understood how everyone felt and it was it was really difficult i have sort of been going like this. And right now I'm kind of on a nice, real, even length, which I love. But for me, I think I managed coping by going to therapy, which kind of brings me to my next question. And both of you can share as much as you want or as little as you want, but you know, what sort of stuff have you been both doing to keep uh, well during this difficult time? Mm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so sorry about your friend. And oh, thank you. yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're able to take a bit of time for yourself and um, grieving grief is such a long and complicated process it just yeah um yeah and been really thinking about that collective grief of like like globally but also of like the queer community and and these spaces that we've so like that have been so lovingly and carefully cultivated because they're needed and having to adapt and and people have been I mean like sanctuaries a really good example of something that's been going on and um, yeah like I mean it's not been easy I'm not like I've you know it's that thing you're saying of like kind of ups and downs and um, uh, yeah I I do I have a brilliant uh, counsellor who I speak to online um, every couple of weeks um, he's brilliant and no nonsense and we can talk about everything from like drag race to <laughs> to the pandemic you know so that's nice um um yeah and then just I mean like I've been having to really be quite slow and careful about kind of making sure that I work making sure like you know lots of things lost work had to find work Mm -hmm. all that all that stuff I've had to move twice lost my granny it's not been an easy year um Uh, but yeah finding little moments of joy like amongst it all I mean that's that's what life is isn't it like there's lots of shit (laughs) but yeah there's yeah
1: yeah finding finding those moments of connection where Mm -hmm. where possible as well isn't it it's it is like being unable to kind of to touch and to be close to people so inhumane really I've not been able to see my mum for a long long time and she's um she's sort of coming to the end of her life as well she's she's living with cancer at the moment but it's really tough because it feels like all of this time is so so precious and I I want her to have a real you know as much a, a high quality of life as she can at this time um but not being able to be close is is really tough but you know we come away with really creative ways to to stay in touch and actually our chat on whatsapp is now you know much more kind of free and frequent now because that's the way that we communicate and um yeah and finding like little moments to to connect and 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 valuing that i suppose we've all our value systems i guess everyone's value system has has shifted so much you start to really to look around you and and um, be grateful for what for what you've got around you
2: Yeah, yeah people it's so important yeah like just I mean like I actually struggle to socialize even on, like on zoom or in a you know like meeting up with folk for a walk or whatever it's not I'm, um, I have to be quite careful what I commit to but like having these connections and being in touch with people and nourishing friendships has just been yeah with friends and family the ways that are possible for because everyone's kind of in this grief thing so sometimes someone could be really like oh i really want to see people and then someone else is not and navigating all that
0: yeah you're so right we've obviously mentioned quite heavy stuff there so you know everything unfortunately comes and goes like how are things going you're obviously doing science and queer arts now M. cooper and i know that beth you've got some other things in the sort of pipeline like how are you both feeling about continuing on project despite the pandemic mm-hmm.
1: yeah I feel like I've been ex- really 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 lucky and I've worked all the way through and I know that's not true for so many people um but in my sort of producer life I've actually had quite a lot to do because you're kind of the one in the team that's trying to find ways to get past issues and problems and and just keep going so I've I've done a lot of work with queen jesus the gospel according to jesus queen of heaven and um, because i'm the producer of that of that and the company so we've we've been pretty active um trying to kind of offer a, a space for uh, contemplation and connection because the work really offers that when we're able to do it live so we've been finding ways to do that uh to do that digitally um so I'm really proud of the work that we're doing there. And that team for me as well is a huge uh, source of, of support as well. And we gather once a week and we and we have done all the way through. Um, so Joe Clifford and Susan Worsfold, we're a close-knit team and we've been working together for over six years. So just to maintain that contact was so, uh, so vital for all of us, I think, during the, especially the heaviest bit of the lockdown. Um, and then amazingly, like when everything felt like it was kind of shrinking and, and doors were closing, we launched Sanctuary Queer Arts, um, which is something that's been in development since 2015 with Fraser and Drew, the co-directors with me. Um, and I started working with them um, December 2019, I think. Um, so we had we were brewing the launching of Sanctuary Queer Arts, which is a brand new um, arts organisation specifically for amplifying LGBT voices. Um, and we're planning festivals and we're planning um, artistic uh, support programmes and companies for young people. Um, so we were brewing all this. And then Rona hit, as you say, in March, um, and it was it was yeah it was like what how do we do what do we do um but we were able to launch uh something in a, in a different way i guess like responding to what was possible so to be able to do that in august last year to offer something uh positive and something that in you know in its very nature is a, is a sanctuary is a space for for safety and uh for support was really amazing I'm so proud to be to be part of it and the response we got was incredible because it's exactly what everyone needed at that at that moment you know just the um some support and a bit of money a bit of money in there as well for folk um you know to develop their ideas and um and we're, we're sort of at the the halfway point of the first year now and building up, yeah, building up to our, our first festival, which will be in the summer. Um, and we've got halfway through supporting two artists, Theo Sneddon and Jess sean uh, through there um, um, to create a brand new work at the festival. And the young company is uh, 10, 18 to 25 year olds or from all across the UK coming together to create a new piece of work. Um, so obviously the festival would be quite different to what you might, imagined it to be it's extremely unlikely and it's not going to happen that we're all going to be sitting in theatres like we used to you know by July Um, but something will happen Um, so yeah it's been it's been a real joy and a privilege to 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 keep
0: working keep keep connecting keep offering opportunities to connect it's so for me it was so lovely that when Sanctuary Queer Arts their post out sort of the team and it was you Drew and um, Fraser what I loved for me was that I had known all three of you throughout my life from 18 up until now and I thought oh there's such it's just such a warm feeling that I knew that these young people that are in the LGBT or ally community will be thriving under the three of you I just knew it I was like all from different places different points but just magic again and I do love that and I think it's gonna be incredible I'm so thrilled and I know a couple of younger people in the young company who follow me on Instagram and they've been posting either drag or identity or LGBT work. They've done I thought, oh my God, this gives me hope for the future. It's it's so brilliant. And um, You should be really proud of it, all of you should. It's just brilliant.
1: Oh, thank you. That means a huge, huge amount. Yeah, it means a lot. And we've obviously got, you know, there's a long way to go. It's just, just, just started, really. So... You know we're always we're always looking for input and uh, for people to get involved and you know the if folk are interested in in contacting us then yeah get involved and come see the festival when it
0: when and it Beth,
2: happens
0: <laughs> and Beth have you got anything else lined up at the moment as well
2: uh yeah well I've got another um um buzz cut in Glasgow to- um, the performance festival. I got a micro residency with them last year, um, and uh, I'm going to be performing something uh, at uh, their festival that's coming up in the summer. I don't know if that's actually been announced about the festival. No, it has. It has. <laughs> it has. I'm just forgetting. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're. Uh, but it's going to be mostly digital as well. Um, um, but they are. Yeah, kind of working with all the artists involved and kind of uh, trying to create something bespoke and specific and still live. Um, so they've got a great um, team um, and I'm going to be doing this character um, called Eagle that I developed at a Drag King workshop kind of before Rona hit. With Diana. Yeah, with Diana who we yeah, mentioned she's earlier. There. And we went down to Bristol and um, she was doing like a, a comedy clown workshop. It's a, com- a drag competition. And I uh, ended up sort of coming, winning it, smashing it,
1: <laughs> pissing winning. all
2: over everyone else, including <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Making this character called Eagle, who is um, part of he's kind of a me- part of the men's rights movement, um, and he um, is trying to leave so- society and women behind. Um, is based on which is based on a real movement called Mogatow. Um, um yeah so um he's kind of like a a clown character um and again it's kind of that sort of like trying to understand um quite yeah a divisive kind of movement and this kind of quite toxic um masculinity trying to understand it from their perspective but also kind of like from mine as well and create this kind of silly character so He's going to be doing something, some kind of online event, creating some kind of <laughs> online world where audience members can come and um, interact with him. I don't, I'm not sure what yet, but yeah. He's very, very funny and very grotesque. He's horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I probably would fancy him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you probably would. I think, what was it, the, the way that you came up with his name, it was like, it was through improvisation and... What did you say again it was something about how your partner compares him to an eagle no as a lover mm. so it was it was hilarious anyway the improvisation and yeah eagle you saw eagle sort of like emerging from the from the ashes this protest character yeah
2: not good. <laughs> not good. I can't wait i can't wait to see
1: it
0: and such a pleasure having both of you on you're both impressing me and still inspiring me even though It's not in the same room. You're both inspiring me still. It's beautiful to hear. Um, On season two of Afternoon Delight, we asked this question different season one, which is, what did 2020 teach us and what are we grateful for in 2021? A stark question, but I would love to hear both your thoughts on that. Uh, Well,
2: likewise, um, we're big fans of you, Georgie, always. Yeah. (laughs) Alongside Nicholas Sturgeon yeah, (laughs) and the others. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah
1: thank you so much um that means a hell of a lot and yeah keep, please keep doing what you're doing because yeah it's very special thank you And um, great right, what was it grateful for <laughs> in
0: 2021 so what did 2020 teach you and what are you grateful for in 2021 hard question oh.
1: <laughs> grateful grateful 2020 taught me that anything can change that all of the all of the things you thought you needed and couldn't do without is fallacy <laughs> and yeah we humans are very adaptable and yeah the the most unexpected things can happen
2: yeah 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 I think like twenty twenty just reaffirmed as well like how important it is to like love love the people that you love and let them know that you do because you just never know what's what's gonna happen yeah um, yeah I and I've been lucky I've been lucky to be able to like um, Annabelle's company throughout this has been yeah we've been bubbling 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 away together yeah. haven't we yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah twenty twenty one. I mean, what world? What world? We're in. It's hard to, you know. It's like it's so important to have hope and to try and do good, but also, I mean, my goodness, we're in for a ride. A ride, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm grateful for 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 the
1: hope. You know, that's a, that's kind of emerging, I think, and um,
0: and you know so funny you say you're grateful for hope because season three I'm taking two weeks off when I film with the National Theatre in March and then I'm bringing back season three and the theme for season three is hope, what are we hopeful for so very apt to say that actually, grateful for the hope because that's the next theme it's brilliant
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, that's yeah really important, it'll be such a, a a moment of transition then as well I imagine with you know with the kind of the phases of the vaccine and and that sort of stuff coming into play so and that and that's another really important thing to think about it's like how how do we return to normality and in inverted commas and what do we take from the last kind of couple of well not a couple of years but 18 months what have we learned what's important to keep and what do we want to never return to or return to in a different way And yeah, how do we support each other to do that? It can't just be a snapback, can it? It's got to be a a slow sort of coming to
0: the surface. Mm. Mm. It's been such a pleasure interviewing both of you together and hearing about both your stories. Before we finish, end every episode with an inspiring quote or a quote that reflects your practice or who you are, I would love for you to share, if you've got two quotes or one quote you decided together, I would love for you to share it now.
2: Um, today was gonna be the day. We're <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have
1: somehow realised <laughs> what you're not to do. Start a revolution from <laughs> your beds. Let there be love. <laughs> <laughs> On the palm of her hand was a blister. <laughs> we're trying to remember the lines from <laughs> from the cabinet. Yeah, dream of a champagne
0: supernova. In the sky. I love that. We will dream (laughs) of. Thank you for joining me, both of you. You're absolutely incredible. Lots of love to y'all. I do. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you, Jordi. Thanks for having
0: us. Isn't that a lovely episode to have on a Friday afternoon? Oh, honestly, you know, go out and dream and live your best champagne supernova life this weekend enjoy that Pisces season ride for the next four weeks. Honestly, both of these artists I genuinely have followed for years. I find it so interesting that both of them would make a comment that I was drag royalty and, and just, you know, sing my praises because literally, I think we as artists, we never kind of tell each other enough how we think um, or what we feel about each other's work enough. And honestly, doing that in this podcast has been such a great um, liberating thing for me to do. And they, both of their work... For years has always inspired me. Every time I've seen them perform, I thought, "God, I really want to go and do something like this now." Especially both of them doing drag king stuff—it's just so great. And the always the same thing, you know. I know they said about doing a collab, but I could honestly—I joke a bit, but I could see a Jody Kinsit type thing um, involved. I think that would be wild. And yeah, it was such a pleasure to interview both of them. What a beautiful way to end the episode—light-hearted, fun. Really, just what we need right now. So, thank you so much to Agent Cooper and King Biff for joining me on Afternoon Delight for this Friday. It was so much fun catching up, and I look forward to what we hopefully can get going in the future. Please do give them a follow on their social media, as they mentioned, and their websites, etc. Tomorrow we've got Kay from Chaotic Scott joining us, who is a travel blogger. Now, let me tell you. We can't travel or we're not meant to during a bloody pandemic. So I'm fascinated to see how this goes down and, um, you know, how you all feel about this and what you hear. Kay um, Kay's an absolute angel. And it was so great to interview her because I've known her since I was like nineteen twenty um, through Mary, my hairdresser. So as much as this is an art related thing, in a way, it's totally random because we know each other. Out of that, so yeah, that's gonna be tomorrow's episode, and then we've got the triple of the triple bill on Sunday. But until then, go and sing some Oasis tunes and have a good weekend and get pissed. And if you don't drink, you know, go for a run outside, just go and enjoy the sunshine while it's here. I've been Jory Delight, and whenever you do these things, you know, drinking, running, sitting, <laughs> stay safe and remember to breathe real people and real stories, Our local podcast.